Welcome to Imran's Podcast, episode number 123. This is your host, Saman Silwal. In this podcast, I talk to Chris Callahan, Mark Marzin, and myself about our experience at Lake Martin. Mark was overall finisher, and Chris was last finisher of Lake Martin 100 2019, and I am the only six-time finisher of Lake Martin 100. This is an interesting podcast where we give our perspective a different time and period of running Lake Martin 100. This will be the last content for Lake Martin. I have producer videos, photos, visit mruns.com and you can find all those on our Marathon Run Facebook page. I just want to mention that I just came back from pacing London Marathon. I had a great time there. I'm, I'm still producing videos, photos, uh, posting those uh, as I go. And um, I will probably put a podcast about uh, the London experience with a uh, few fellow London marathoners. Talk about a little bit different perspective there as well, so you can hear about London. But thanks for listening to Emron's podcast. Enjoy the episode. I'd like to welcome Mark Marzen and Chris Callahan to Emron's podcast. Chris uh, is local to Round Birmingham. We kind of uh, see each other uh, many races, uh, but Mark is out from Denver, out west. Mark and Chris, welcome to Emron's podcast. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. The reason I, I brought both of you uh, a pre-interview, we talked, discussed uh, this a little bit. Basically, uh, Mark, your overall finish of 2019, Lake Martin. Uh, Chris, you've been the overall last finisher so <laughs> front of the line number 34 number 34 the last finisher i'm the sixth time finisher of this race before we deep deep dive and dive in a 2019 lake martin your experience mark uh, and chris both of you your first time uh in emron's podcast uh mark go ahead and uh, uh briefly tell us about your running journey how how you end up at lake martin yeah, um, I guess several years ago, I was living in Texas at the time, originally from Pennsylvania, and I'm uh, looking for a, a big change and, um, you know, had some extended family up in, in Denver area and made my way up here. And, you know, I was just really trying to make some changes, get healthier, um, you know, lose some weight, start exercising more. I was always a real active kid, and so I started running more and more, and you know, I found that a little bit of uh, that craze where I read all the books, you know, over the course of the year, all the main running books that gets a lot of people into ultras and, um, you know, start running more and more. And within a few years, I tried my first 50 miler and then, you know, eventually a year after that, my first 100 miler. And, you know, after my first 100 miler, I swore I would never do it again. And, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, that was several years ago now, and um, and you know one of the things uh, that I love about the whole ultra running trail running community is just how it, it just spreads across the country and it's growing more and more. And that's something I, I kind of try to seek out with races, just new places to go, new communities to kind of run and and just you know um, experience. And yeah, I did Pinoti 100 a few years ago, and you know down around that similar area, and, and loved it. And so. Uh, I came upon the the Lake Martin race. Um, I'm trying to plan out my 2019 schedule and kind of just lined up with some a uh, little bit of a uh, longer weekend and um, yeah, and looked like it'd be a lot of fun and and um, seemed like it would be a good change of scenery from the Denver winter that was going on up here. Um, and yeah, flew out flew out there by myself and just it was my first experience of of doing a race just all by myself without a crew or pacer. Um, around to help out and pretty quick trip 
Um, yeah, it was great. It was, it was pretty much everything I could hope for of a race um, down around there that time of the year. So I had a lot of fun. Definitely. We'll uh, go a little bit detail about your race experience. Uh, so, so definitely, um, Lake Martin is uh, just. Uh, I have when I ran my first one, I didn't have a, a pacer or a crew. I just ran it by myself. So similar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, Crystal, what about yourself? Well, um, I've uh, been here in Birmingham all my life. And um, uh, it was around 2003. I'd kind of always been a big guy and not very active um, as a kid or any other time. And uh, I did what a lot of people do, just grab a pair of shoes out of the closet and try to drop a few pounds. And uh, But one thing kind of led to another, and I really found that I really enjoyed running, even when, uh, you know, when it wasn't just for weight loss or to make myself do it for health reasons. I really enjoyed it. And so I did it for quite a while, and uh, but I was kind of a loner. I just kind of ran uh, on my own, and it was about uh, 10 years later when I stumbled onto the, the Birmingham Track Club and started doing, like, some organized runs with people here in the Birmingham area. And, and so what happens when you hang out with other runners is you start hearing about things and, and getting challenged. And so after going 10 years where I probably never ran more than 10 miles, uh, all of a sudden starting in 2015, it was, it was my first full marathon. Then in 2016, my first ultra 2017, my first 50 2018 last year, I did my first hundred at the endless mile. And then, uh, this year I did uh, my first trail hundred at Lake Martin. So, um, it kind of, uh, once, once I started hanging out with other runners, it really, uh, got out of control. <laughs> Isn't isn't that how that works? Uh, yeah. Uh, sometimes you just line up and go, and sometimes you just kind of some people are pushing you along, feeding you that uh, drug, I guess. Uh, <laughs> that's a good word for it. <laughs> yes. Definitely. So so that's an interesting journey for both of you. Uh, um, so, so welcome to trail running 100 miler, Chris. Uh, it looks like you did excellent job finishing the race you know not everybody gets to finish at lake martin and uh, we can talk about that before we dive in uh, do you guys have any other insight you want to talk about your running a running journey um second what chris says i mean that this definitely been a big part of my uh, experience as well is just the community um really just helping help me learn and, and grow and, and just have a lot of fun with it so Oh, absolutely. I mean, just you, you just learn so much from just conversations with other runners and, uh, just every kind of tip and trick and, and, uh, and then, you know, you, you start, like Mark said, you start reading books, you start listening to podcasts and, and, uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, too much. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then David was asking, when are you going to do that hundred and saying, then right. you end up lining up <laughs> kind of my story goes like that a lot of you know my stories before we talk about actual race uh, let's talk about training i will tell tell you my my training i briefly talked about during uh during the pre pre-race uh speech that i had but this year i actually trained uh for this race uh seriously seriously trained for this race uh logged up uh, 500 miles um hills and short races races uh distance race hills oak mountain 45 mile run and all i did everything possible to line up uh, mark uh, let's start from you you come from denmark area tell us about your experience uh training out there you see talked about winter winter has been cold here in alabama not as uh, snowy like you have out there i guess yeah i mean this this winter in particular around here has just been tough as far as trail running goes, it's been constant off and on of snow and 
and drying out. So, you know, I, I was normally still get on trails all the time over the winter, but this round, um, the season just kind of wasn't, wasn't working out as much. Trails were just in pretty poor conditions a lot, a lot of times. And I was training over the winter for, um, the Black Canyon 100 kilometer race down in Arizona, um, which was in February. And, um, so I was gearing up for that for, you know, handful of months leading into into february and um yeah you know i you know love getting on trails that's really what i love to do just and it's what brings me most joy and, and i find like the training just is a lot better when when i can do it on trails and you know elevation and all that but this uh this winter i had to stick to mostly roads and and doing the best i can with some you know bike paths and and, th- and the occasional trail when, when things cleared up at the right time so so yeah, you know, I was a little a little worried going into Lake Martin just as far as, I mean, you know, the hundred mile distance is kind of just this mystery. I, I feel like in general, no matter what, and kind of everything you said about your training is just how I try to approach it too for hundred mile races. Just kind of throwing, um, you know, as as much as I can at it and putting in plenty of work. You know, as much as I can handle mentally and physically and you know, I just wasn't totally ideal over the winter. Um, so yeah, normally, you know, out here in Denver, there's uh golden Colorado, which is just, uh, about 15 minutes away with tons of trails and, you know, Boulder, Colorado, which I'm sure some people have heard of as a kind of like Mecca of trail running out here. And you know, the trails are just rough this winter. So I'm um, still got out with a lot of friends and had a lot of fun with it, but I would say this was, this was more of a, um, more of a grind this winter to get ready for races than the past couple of years. So, so definitely, um, I, w- I was going to ask you what kind of trails you have. You just mentioned that. Uh, uh, one of the things I was going to ask you is, uh, is it always difficult for you to train during the winter, um, or or is it just this winter is like that? Um, I, I would say the the more difficult piece is just getting out there in the dark. You know, um, between before or after work and you know a lot of people around here take downtime from running to go skiing and snowboarding and and do some winter sports and or just take a break really so um i found in the winter tend to do a lot more training all by myself and you know it can kind of be yeah it can just just really grind away at you um just with the shorter days and you know cold you know real cold in the mornings before sun's up and finishing starting finishing runs in the dark you know before work and but yeah this this winter was much tougher with snow and and the trails being in in tough shape um otherwise we'd get like stretches around here where we can still get out there during the winter on some clear trails that get some good sunlight i would say the 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 big difference with trails out here is our climbs compared to, you know, the course at Lake Martin, the climbs are much more, um, they're just all in usually one big climb, you know, so they'll have a couple mile climb in a, in a training run and then kind of just come off the summit back down. And there's a gain for the, the loop is, is just all in a few miles where Lake Martin is just, just <laughs> taxing the sense that we don't have those rolling hills here nearly as much. And, um, yeah, yeah it th- throws it. I mean, it definitely throws you off as much different terrain than the way you get out here. Definitely. So for you guys over there, prefer time to race is probably the fall because you can train through the summer. Summer probably is a 
wonderful weather. And we we our downtime is summer uh, yeah. compared to <laughs> you guys. Chris, uh, tell us about your training cycle. How how did it go? Um, well, I'm, I'm not sure I would recommend my my training uh, program for this, but um, but it it was very specific to me and and just what I what I knew going in um to be able to survive. I mean, I knew that I was going to have to go slow and take a lot of time. And so for me, the training cycle started in October with the Endless Mile, which is uh, a, a one mile paved flat loop that you do over and over and over again for uh, 6, 12, 24, 48 hours. And that was like my practice to go through the night uh, to see what it felt like to just keep moving and eating and drinking all night. And uh, in that scenario, that took me 39 hours to get to 100 miles. And um, uh, but it was fine. It didn't it didn't kill me. And so I, I knew I could survive the time frame and moving and so from there, I tried to start focusing on trails, but uh, but you know, Sumang, we had a pretty wet winter, so there was a lot of rain and a lot of mud this winter here, and uh, not so much snow, but um, I did a, a good bit of running. I didn't do a lot of long runs. I know you had a pretty long run in there uh, in your training cycle. I, I really didn't focus on long so much as time on my feet, and I tended to a lot of times on the weekends, I do a long run in the morning and then maybe go on a hike in the afternoon with my family just to kind of have more time on my feet and hike on tired legs, which I did a whole lot of at Lake Martin. So I feel like that was a pretty good bit of my training. And then um, uh, so my, my really truthfully, and this is the part I don't recommend, my longest training run between October and Lake Martin was actually 13 miles. <laughs> and uh, but um no book would ever tell you that, but, um, um, but I also practiced like, uh, some other physical things. Um, I kind of weird stuff like, um, uh, calorie deprivation. Um, like I'd go for a morning run and then not eat anything all day and then go for like another short run in the afternoon or a hike and just try to practice what it felt like to be weak and, um, and just to not be able to, you know, be at optimal performance. Cause I knew as long as I was going to be on the course that that was going to come into play. And, um, so that was kind of my training cycle. And I did a lot of reading, a lot of mental preparation. I tried to, you know, from listening to you and reading books and stuff, I knew trying to do my first trail hundred, the, the big thing is, is just between your ears, just trying to resist the urge to quit and, and not listen to the voices in your head that tell you, you know, what are you doing? You can't do this. You're, you know, you're too tired. You're, you know, there's no way, you know, to be able to block all that stuff out and, uh, and fight that away. Um, that was definitely a part of my training too. I want to welcome you guys back. I uh, just had an internet issue at the uh, bad weather's going through here in Alabama. We just talking about how winter was so bad here. Uh, spring is gets worse. So anyhow, uh, so we were talking about uh, Chris's uh, training training plan. Uh, uh, it worked for for Chris. However, however he has done it, uh, I did it for me. It's a different the training plan I had. Uh, definitely for me, uh, I just needed to give it a give it a try to see how that all training will work for me uh, because uh, in, in several years in the past, I went to the to the race and uh, showed up uh, not quite trained and I paid heavily for that. Uh, but this time is a little different. We can talk about that a little bit later, but, but definitely uh, 
training has been was one of the best uh, training cycle I went through for any race. It has been a while I have trained like that, especially with a hundred miler, you know, especially for any races. So usually I just run from race to race and just show up at the race, run the race, and then just move on from there. So definitely um, Chris's plan was more to put up put a more what do you call uh, time time under like is that what you said, Chris? Yeah, yeah, just yeah, to... yeah. Yeah, Mark is just to survive the winter, and for me, just uh, train heavy as much as possible. I think that was my theme this year, kind of build that character, rain, and everything. So, so that's how the training. Uh, how many miles did you guys put uh, all together since for you, Chris, since October? You said. Um. Wow. I'd I'd have to do a little dig, and I I know I know for the year I was about. Uh, half of your mileage. I was about 250 miles from the from January one up until Lake Martin. Mm. Um, uh, going backwards, um, you know, I I, I try to I, I I just got like the 1200 mile club last year, so mm. um, you know I'm I'm normally around uh, right right on that around you know 20 25 miles a week. What about you, Mark? From yeah, from the start of 2019. Um, I would say probably somewhere around seven, seven hundred to eight hundred miles. That's awesome. So yeah, so yeah, I got, I got, got some decent training still. Yeah, so. if, listen to you. It sounds like you didn't have any training, but <laughs> <laughs> but you definitely put seven, eight hundred miles, and five hundred was a stretch for me. But one, one thing I'm learning. Uh, I have learned also, you know, you always don't have to put a lot of miles uh, to train yeah. for 100. There's there's a way to do it. Um, we talk, we can talk about that a little bit further. Let's talk about uh, pre-race. Uh, how how did you, uh, Chris? Uh, you and I talked um, pre-race. Uh, let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, you you were excited to listen to me, and uh, <laughs> I didn't know what I was talking, but I just kind of one of my theme this year was just kind of give you a body chance to line up or once you line up let it let it give you a chance to finish you know it can do amazing things uh, i had to remind myself throughout the day and night uh, following day but but definitely uh talk about your pre-race um how 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 what was the planning how how did you how do you execute those planning you know from bringing you know anything that you like mark i know you came by yourself and you kind of depending on the race chris uh you're you and i local how did you plan for the race um, well, I, it was a, a lot of fun this year. I had, um, several people with me instead of staying at the lodge, which I did last year, we had rented a cabin because, uh, my wife came to run, my daughter came to run, and then three other friends came, uh, with my wife and daughter to run. So we had, um, six of us there in, in the cabin and, um, uh, just for, immediate preparation I, just from reading and studying I, I knew that um that i wanted to get a really good night of sleep um on uh, thursday because you know you're kind of nervous on friday and you get up really early on saturday so um i took friday off and so i slept a little late on friday and then uh my wife gets uh ivs uh at like a outpatient uh, facility. There's several of them around. It's I don't know if that's popular in Colorado, but it's popular here now um, to go and uh, and get like a, an IV in a storefront, and uh, they put vitamins and stuff in there. And uh, so mm-hmm. I went with her, and we got IVs on Friday morning to make sure completely hydrated. And uh, then we drove down, got settled in the cabin, and and came to the 
the meeting and uh we after the meeting we went and took sunset pictures out at the point where the restaurant is and uh, i just tried to relax and uh, you know I'd, I'd done so much preparation ahead of time and organized and reorganized all my gear and my drop bag and box and all that so i just tried to put all that down and just relax that night before the race and um and i slept actually pretty good till till the <laughs> alarm went off at 3 30. <laughs> <laughs> what about you mark uh, did you have any special preparation for your coming down to alabama because you traveled pretty far you came by yourself uh, was there anything you did different uh coming from coming by yourself versus uh whenever you go with a crew and pacer yeah um well was, you know similar to chris i definitely kind of banked on some extra sleep in the couple of days leading up to the race yeah you know coming by myself and i, I flew in uh, after work and so i, I didn't uh, i knew it was gonna kind of be a you know not ideal night beforehand um so i I kind of got held up at the airport for a little bit, landing, and um, I think I got into the. I stayed at the lodge right by the lake um, that they had set up for runners, and and um, I think I got in around eleven, eleven thirty that night. Wow. Um. So yeah, I wasn't. I was a bit worried. Um. The good news was I I, um, I flew into Atlanta, and so I was driving out to the race thinking I was gonna be uh going to bed at you know 12 30 and then the time change happened when i was driving and realized <laughs> I, I caught an extra hour in there so um, that was, yeah seriously it was uh i was like oh so wait a second this could this might might work out um yeah i mean for me it was definitely just um yeah being a quick trip and everything it was just really um having everything planned out um in bags and you know everything just organized before i left town you know gleaming right from work on friday and and just really having you know game plan set up for myself and nutrition and all that stuff you know just a a few days out really just because i knew how quick of a turnaround everything was gonna be once i got there so definitely for my story here is uh for me is um this was the first year i actually had a full crew carry tatum uh, wanted to crew me have a had a tent and you know i had like everything carry uh, <laughs> he's a local from the Tallahassee, a little south of lake martin and he he wanted to do it because he was at the our preview run and we kind of talked i know him for a while and he brought everything i mean it was like i've never seen <laughs> i I'm, i go bare minimum <laughs> and all my lake martin all my five years this was like a a royal treatment for me, you know. Uh, Chris, Chris, you had entourage. Mine is just like a royal treatment. My wife, we cook food. <laughs> because I want to see, th- does it make difference? I mean, really, I want to see, will it will it make any difference? We cooked night before. I had a food in a curries and um, you know, beans and rice. And, you know, we had a rice cooker. I mean, we... we we took everything that that may help me. You know, that's that's what one of the biggest thing. You know, it's normal food I usually eat. So this was the first race, uh, hundred mile, any any ultra race, any race actually. You know, in the past we had tried once and then didn't really work. So this time we said, okay, let's give it a try. So I I had all kind of food that I normally eat at home, and and then plus plus the carries uh, bringing all kind of things. You know, setting up the tent and you know I had a sleeping bag and I had a you know <laughs> chairs and every everything possible. Uh, he was bringing it in and he had all kind of food. 
uh, you know, more than I will ever eat in any normal day. So, so, so definitely that was one of the biggest changes. And, and, uh, and I had a, um, pacer, a tray. I paced him at the Penhody, uh, 40, uh, 45 miles. He wanted to pace me this time. He said, okay, I'll go 50 mile with you. I never had anybody pace me that far. No. <laughs> wow. Awesome. So it's like, uh, uh, as a one person, he he had a the Georgia death race week after, but he still wanted to do it. So, so we kind of kind of that was one of the biggest thing. And my, of course, my wife is uh, worked really hard this time. She was really fully involved, fully immersed in in trying to see see. She usually, you know, we have to take care of kids. So those are the things we did uh, for this year to make it see it'll make it any difference. So that's that's one of the thing I wanted to mention in this podcast, saying you know that's. That's a, that's a lot of commitment from a lot of people, you know. <laughs> Usually, I just go by myself. Yeah. <laughs> so, so definitely, I I really it's like accountability. That. See, yeah, yeah. yeah. Still, we'll talk about that a little bit later. How that all played out, <laughs> but um, but definitely, it was uh, it was. I would just like to thank each of each of them, even uh, Trace Dad, who paced me at the end. Uh, you know, it's, it's it was a group effort, like a village, trying to get me through. And if you watch some of my videos, you see it. So, so, so those are the one of the biggest difference I had this year. Um, you know, like I said in the past, I just go to the aid station, eat whatever they give me, and just keep moving forward. So, so not this year. So, let's talk about the race, race morning. Um, any anything different you guys did in the race morning, or just kind of showed up? That's what I did. I just always I'm always behind and late, and just show up and line up and take picture and just start from the back of the pack so <laughs> that's what i did anything special before you you guys started the race um no i you know i mean it was i'd been to lake martin the the previous three years so i kind of knew what to expect the layout and you know kind of the 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 way it works and so i'd um you know again i sort of stayed calm and did you know had my normal coffee and pop tart and 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 uh, we got there we were only staying about two miles away so we probably only got there about 20 minutes before the race started so uh, uh i just kind of relaxed and and stood around talked to some friends and before you know it off you go <laughs> yeah yeah i was with you I was just kind of rolling in uh just coming in late that night i tried to get as much as sleep as possible so i uh yeah, I rolled in there like, you know, maybe 20, 30 minutes before the start. Um, so, yeah, it was a it was a nice morning out though. So, that was that was a good good way to start the the race. Yeah, this was a uh, probably one of the coldest morning we had. You know, so so it was pretty nice and crisp morning, kind of dry mm-hmm. too. So, definitely uh so talk about that the start. Uh, basically, uh if you don't know, if you're not familiar with uh, Lake Martin, uh, some of our listeners, basically it's a uh, 25 mile loop uh, and uh first eight station is about eight miles and then same as eight stage kind of eight figure eight kind of kind of uh course uh first eight station is uh back to, uh, once you get to first eight station eight mile you come back to same one five miles later and then you go to main eight station and then come back to same main eight station and so on you just kind of loop through it that's 25 mile loop so let's talk about our first first lap uh, usually my best lap is the first lap. Uh, that's what's happening <laughs> these days. <laughs> so I then I didn't. Uh, one of my goals was I was not gonna. I'm, I was not gonna hold back anything this year. I just I was just gonna go. Uh, so even though I started back the pack uh, back because after I t- took the race photos and everything, 
But I, I just went. Um, so what do you guys, how, how did it work for you first lab? Oh, you know, for me, I am, um, uh, yeah, you know, I was just starting off with um, trying, you wanted to just get a, you know, a good sense of the terrain and what the loops were going to be like. And, um, you know, started off with a handful of guys towards the front and, I would say it took several miles to realize that these were some of the guys running the, um, you know, 27 mile and 50 mile races. So, um, yeah, I've been through realized that, that you better start backing off a little bit or else it could uh, blow up very quickly. Um, so yeah, I was just trying to enjoy that first loop really as much as possible and, you know, just get the sense of the course and where going to be some places to, um, you know, like, stretch out a little bit and run a little bit faster at times or, or put a little, you know, kind of get some easy miles in if there are such things. But, um, um, yeah, it was, it was a great, um, first loop really just getting, uh, it was kind of like a venture being out there for the first time and just, just seeing the course for the first time ever. Yeah. Uh, the first lap, it's just, the, like I said, the fastest and easiest and the best course you can find in the entire, that whole race. So, yeah. <laughs> because it's the those you won't feel those hills, you know, definitely. I mean there are hills, a lot of hills and you some, yeah. some of them are a little hilly, but you know, you, you know those are for sure, but the rest is just bumps, you know. Yeah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was yeah. pretty nice that the first loop I hadn't really planned this out, but the way that it ended up, I ended up staying for most of that loop with my wife and my daughter, um, who were doing the 27. And uh, but it was it was fun to be with them, and they kind of keep me company. And it and it was a good, it was a definitely a way to kind of break the race up a little bit into uh, more manageable parts to kind of have like that, you know, that first loop be with other people and kind of talking to them and kind of helping them along and. Um, just sort of sharing that experience and um uh and you're right you don't really notice i mean it was a beautiful day it kind of warmed up a little bit in the afternoon but it was just gorgeous day and um and yeah you're fresh you got a lot of energy so and uh yeah you're just kind of enjoying the course that first loop. yeah definitely so that's a, that's a, that's pretty much uh that was my experience um i mean i was feeling so good i, I think i uh, I finished five hours and twenty minutes, I think, or something like that. That's pretty, pretty quick, quick turnaround there. I think last year I had a six hours. I was just holding it back. Uh, in the past, I have done that. Maybe I have done four thirty. I don't remember, but um, but I have done that. So the so for me, it's as as we talk about this uh, this course. Uh, uh, you listen to me just talking about how wonderful that 25 mile is now <laughs> going back to the same course again for next 25 it's where where things gets bad for me even in my trainings when I did that 45 miles any races I do uh, beyond 31 miles my wall is kind of I have a wall between 31 to 35 usually if, uh, 50k I don't hit that because you know I'm done by 31 miles but but um, but uh, but I have done all 50 mile or you know, most of my 100 mile, even for my since my first 100 mile, 31 miles is where I started falling apart. So this year, same, there was no nothing, <laughs> no difference. Uh, things start falling apart, and I started from there. Uh, I actually end up calling my pacer, who was about to come down, and I said, "Man, it's getting bad. Do you still want to come? You know, if you don't want to come, I understand." He said, "No, just keep moving forward. I'm coming. I'll be there." So that's one thing, like as I was climbing to 
Heavenly Hill the second second time, and um, I had to rest a little bit, and and then um, then kind of later on my family showed up and they helped me. Um, they I had some food and I actually had a good real food that I wanted to eat, kind of helped me to finish that fifty. But but things were start going bad already. I knew that. So how how was your fifty mile for you guys? Um, I would you know that that second loop was probably I think it was some of the m- most mentally draining ones for me, you know, because you get in that territory of thirty forty some miles that you've done for the day, and um, you know, you're definitely starting to feel it all, and thinking ahead that you know you still have fifty sixty miles left to go. Um, and for me, that's always like a, a point in a hundred mile race where the doubts start coming in and, you know, I start questioning, you know, what, you know, is this really what I like to do for fun? Like, what am I doing <laughs> here with myself? Um, you know, calculating how much more time you're going to be out there, how, you know, all those, all that, those sorts of like terrible mind games that start happening. Um, so for me, yeah, that loop, I mean, it's, it happens to me in most, I mean, a majority of 100-mile races I've done, just that, that, that time period where you're not halfway there yet and mm-hmm. um, you just still have so much more to go. Um, and just really uh, just kind of, you know, letting, pushing those pushing those thoughts out and just sort of accepting them for what they are and just kind of, you know, willing your body just keep, keep moving and just um, kind of relax as much as possible, really. Definitely. Uh, one thing I was going to mention is that, that stretch uh, about, uh, you know, after you're 25 to 30 miles or into the race, most of the race in during the daytime, it's getting hot as yeah. well. You know, that kind of plays really roles, I feel like, because you cannot really plan it. And anyhow, you get, start getting tired. So like you said, so I got a little hot in the afternoon. And then the one one part that starting the second loop that that first eight mile stretch felt about twice as long the second time for some reason (laughs) and uh um i kept seeing those two-day loop signs and thinking how many more of these two-day loop signs can there possibly be am i ever gonna get back to dark valley um but um but anyway, uh, by the, being at the back of the pack, by the time I got to 50, it, it had been dark for a while, and uh, mm. it was pretty festive. I sat down uh, at the cabin at 50, and had um, they had this awesome like rice and potato soup, mm. and uh, and I put some cheese in it, and uh, it, it tasted like heaven. And um, but it, I was I was pretty energetic. I mean, I felt pretty good. I I, I had you know this is as far as I'd ever been 50, and and uh at least at lake martin and um so i was i was still pretty excited at that point it was late at night but i was pretty stoked definitely uh but one of the things uh, i told my crew uh next time if we do this again which probably i'll do it um my family don't know yet but uh <laughs> you know that five mile into you know that adams i think adams trailhead or whatever the, i think that trailhead we come up at the hill uh, that uh, I wanted to my crew to meet me there, bring me some some food or something or drink or something because that's that's eight mile stress, like you said, Chris. It feels I mean twice you know distance it just feels because it's just it, it, that's the hardest part for me. If I can get some refreshment or just some water or something, you know, probably will help me. So so that's what I was thinking for in the future. If uh, if David will allow, at least have some sort of aid station there or. 
or have my own crew if if I have a crew. I'm pretty sure you're allowed to your crew is allowed to meet you there. And that yeah, that'd be about right. I think that's about four and a half maybe five, it's five miles. Five yeah. into the race. Yeah. Yeah, this, this that's a that's a really crucial point for me. You know, that's about thirty miles, right about about to die. So <laughs> <laughs> the first death I call it. <laughs> yeah. So let's just move on. Uh so we, we got to mile fifty. I got to mile fifty, I had had my food, I rested a little bit, I uh, had a Coke, and, and then um, then I just took off. Uh, I knew one thing for sure last several years, uh, several hundred miles, this is where I'm going to break. So this is where I was preparing for, and uh, sure enough, and I mean, even with the food, I had like, a, I, th- I think I had, a, I had a cauliflower curry and then... Uh, refried beans and all kind of food that I always use, rice and, you know, things I use. So I was hoping, you know, I'll, I'll go fast and, you know, things will get okay. But, uh, you know, right about the same place we just talked about and when I got to that point, five mile pass, 50, oh, in the second lap, things started, <laughs> things started getting bad. And uh, I really, you know, one of the things I have is lately is just I get tired and sleepy. Uh, one, uh, I had a lot of coke and, and just just a little bit nauseating. You know, a stomach is not now settling. You know, things are just just. I know I know that now the worst is about to come. When I got back to the heavenly hill, uh, that uh, I sat there ten minutes, kind of closed my eyes. I mean, I'm really sleepy by then. I couldn't move, and then uh, then I went back. You know, that five mile loop we did. Uh, what now? We got 63 miles or something. Um, so when I did that, uh, uh, you know, when I first time came around and I was very quiet, uh, Kyle was noticing that and, and then, uh, and I, they, they kicked me out of the aid station after 10 minutes. My patient <laughs> didn't know what to do with me. And he's like, okay, just when I came back, as I was coming back to 63, this is when I want to really want to quit. I mean, this is a, this was a time I never had a, that much urge to quit. Uh, in past, I mean, always you have that. What you said, Mark, uh, wondering about what you're doing. This was a my urge was so deep, and and this race is it's just you. I cannot believe I cannot move. I came to six three miles, and then just right before I told my patients, like I'm not gonna go. I'm quitting. Uh, he said, No, you you're moving. We're ahead of time. Nothing to worry about. Let's just go. And when I got back to a station. I sat there and I asked them to give me a blanket and I closed my eyes and I just passed out for about 20 minutes. Nobody bothered me. I think that they turned down the music <laughs> or something. You know, <laughs> I didn't hear nothing. I mean, Kyle even said nothing. I mean, he was he, he was pretty 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 active about kicking people out. He didn't say nothing, and I just slept. And then I woke up and I looked at my pacer and said, "Let's go." I knew that I was not going to quit from that point on. So that was like I. This was like I said. This is the second death I had. So this uh, this was this was that time. I mean, I never had this much hers. You know, in the past, like thirty one miles, it's just I know, it's just the pain. You know, the, all this thing. But this was just like okay, time to quit. Uh, this this is not worth it. Going like you said, Mark. And I had like another however many miles. However, so just I'm wasting everybody's time. You know, just kind of a lot of pressure. I guess I had built up up to that point. But once I woke up from twenty thirty minutes of nap, we knew that. We're gonna continue. So we we said, okay, let's go. So so I took off and 
And one of the things Carl mentioned that this is the quietest they have ever seen Suman last <laughs> coming to the <laughs> A station <laughs> because I'm not loud. I was not saying things. I was just I was just quiet, like you know, like you know, I was not saying a thing because I, I knew I was defeated at that point. So, but yeah, we left and then we kind of ran and then along that way we decided to say faster we can get to the hour seventy five miles, we're gonna go ahead and take a nap. So that was a decision we made. So we got to the 75 miles, and uh, we uh, we said 6 o'clock is time, so however long it takes, and I had an hour and 30 minutes of 30 minutes left to get to 6. We pulled whatever the chair, we had a we had a sleeping bag, I slept. I mean, there's no, nothing that's going to stop. It's just, this was just a planned sleeping. So that's How long did you sleep? Hour and a half, about hour and 20, oh, hour and a half. So, so this was a planned sleep uh, because I knew that, you know, just, you know, I missed all my other goals. I just didn't want to finish before the cutoff time. So just finish is a finish for me. So we said, okay, let's just sleep. So that's what we did. That was my story there. It's just one of the 63 mile was just, just amazingly just like I want to quit. <laughs> this is, and nothing was going to stop me, but I went to sleep. And so how, how did that 75 mile loop? Um, yeah, for me, um, that was that. That eight mile stretch, eight and a half mile stretch, I guess, from um, yeah, start finish to the aid station, um, is probably the the best stretch I felt the entire race. I hit, you know, I hit that section right in the afternoon, and you know, coming from Colorado where it was cold and like all my training was just in cold, dark, you know, for months and months. All of a sudden, I was in this, you know. Uh, um, woods all by myself and just you know green everywhere and temperature was warm and yeah I felt good um I, I kind of paused to get a bit extra water and everything um at the start and finish there before heading out and yeah I would say that section you know even with some of the hills and everything I, I was quite worried like cause that that section I mean that, that's definitely for me at least uh, um throughout the four loops that section always seemed the toughest by far um so i was a little quite you know quite worried going out in the third loop how that was going to go but um you know it's just that feeling of of moving and and being in in touch with everything around and you know kind of it was kind of the whole it was almost like the inverse of my um second loop where you know i like thought about all the training and time i've spent doing this and how it's how it's changed so many things in life and, and it just kind of feels like it just comes together for uh several miles you know like everything just just kind of feels right for that time now it only lasted for about you know eight miles because <laughs> that, I, I hit uh yeah I hit, I hit a pretty tough um yeah wall after the aid station and coming back to it um i think i just kind of got a little behind on some water and stuff because it, it got, you know, it got much hotter than I was used to, you know, running in. And, um, so I had to pause at the aid station for a little while longer, um, than, than the other times. And, um, yeah. And then just, um, heading back and going through and, and doing that South loop. Yeah. That's where it started kind of feeling like, uh, you know, that off and on of, um how bad is this gonna get sort of feeling because uh it was just definitely the you know it's just at any point during a 100 mile race no matter how fast you're going or how poor or well you're doing i feel like everyone just you know i 
I would just have to assume that no matter what, you, you know, you just reach that limit where you you things are just feeling drained and um you know no matter how well you're going you're you're doing or you keep on top of nutrition and hydration and everything it just starts to really you feel you know i feel like a a tiny bit of my life being sucked out of me as as like you know as the miles go on but i finished that third loop still feeling you know, I get during that third loop. I just kept saying to myself, "I only have to do this one more time, like just one more time." Like <laughs> that's every what all step I'm, yeah, every step I'm taking is just one more time. I have to take that <laughs> yeah, that definitely. step. So, um, yeah. yeah. One, one question. One question for you, and in, in in here is how fast were you running even in this this loop? I mean, looks like you run pretty pretty decent speed. So. I think my first loop was a couple minutes under four hours. And then um, I think my second loop was somewhere around four four hours, ten minutes, something like that. And then I think this third loop was closer to four and a half hours. Mm. That's one thing I try to explain to people at work and stuff when they ask me, well, how fast do you run these things? I'm like, you know, when you run ten-minute miles at like mile 70, you feel like you're uh, – world-class marathoner you know you feel like you're speeding um so definitely yeah 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 talk about that my pacer was walking and i was running i felt like oh i'm running i'm trying to catch him (laughs) (laughs) he was pretty fast but like i said you know the the worst is when you look behind you and your pacer's walking and you're uh you're you're running away and they're just hiking behind you. Yeah, yeah, kind of. <laughs> he had I had to push him once in a while, but he was speed walking. It helped him. He was gonna run uh, what he called Georgia Death Race so next weekend. Oh, I told yeah. him told him that this is a good training for you. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Chris, what what was your yeah. experience here? Well, my third um, just just to touch on something we the throwback. Um, after the second time on that eight mile stretch, when I kind of got lost in like how many two day loop signs are there, my third time I got smart and I counted them. So I, I counted all the two day loop signs the third time so that that way on the fourth loop, I'd know how many there were. And I'm not going to spoil it for anybody that's going to run it in the future. You'll have to count them for yourself. But I, I did get them. Um, uh, again, being in the back of the pack, I'm moving pretty slow. And um, by the time that I was coming up on mile 68, headed back to the main aid station at the cabin, uh, sun was starting. To, it was like dawn, you know, sun starting to peak mm. up a little bit. And uh, that was kind of my low point because I'd gotten really cold in the night. And uh, I was going a lot slower than I had intended to or wanted to. And so that was kind of where I started doing all the math. And my math wasn't how much longer I'm going to be out here. My math was like, I don't think I'm going to finish under the, under the cutoff. And so I was getting really worried about it. And, and it wasn't like I wanted to quit, but at the same time thinking that, well, if it's a lost cause, if there's no way I'm going to finish under the cutoff, then I might as well quit. It was like putting a um, glass of water in front of a, uh, you know, a dehydrated guy, you know, you're just like something in your brain's like, what what we could quit and i and it kind of scared me a little bit how much i was drawn to that you know like that it was like just the thought that it might even have to happen made me it was like oh we could quit and i was like and so i really had to squash that a little bit and i was definitely worried when i got back to the cabin and talked to david and mary joe about the the hard cutoff 
uh, about the sunset, they were really encouraging to me. And, uh, you know, I was worried about getting off the trail by dark. Mm. And uh, But David was so great. He was like, yeah, you need to be off the trails by dark. But, you know, dark is way later than the sunset. And <sighs> the, the last few parts of the course are really gravel roads and dirt roads. So you're not on the trail at that point. And uh, he's just real encouraging, and it, it really invigorated me, and I got super energetic. And so for me, the best section of the course was the south loop um, from uh, like 68 to 75, plus or minus. I think mm-hmm. it's about a 6.3-mile six, 6. section. But that south loop, uh, the sun had come up, and, um, and, and I took off, and that was my fastest loop by far. Um, wow. Uh, not by your standards, but by mine. I yeah, but taller. by your standard, of course. And I mean, by, by my standard, uh, I, I finished that South Loop in probably a little under an hour and a half, which it might, you know, for me was just hauling. And um, I had not planned to run that fast in this race at all. An hour and a half, that's fast, Chris. But I was, <laughs> I was feeling so good. And I couldn't believe, like, after being that deep into the race and after having that long, cold, hard night, I can hardly believe I could even run like that. But that's just like the power of the brain, I guess, to be so encouraged. And so I really went really, really fast. And by the time I came in at 75, I was I was really excited. And I knew I had a long, hard day ahead of me. But at that point, I really felt good that I was going to make it, that I was going to be able to do that last loop one more time. <laughs> yeah, it's a, definitely it's encouraging, uh, Chris. Uh, um, not to quit uh, in a, such a scenario because it's easy to quit. Uh, like I always say, it's easy to quit, quit go home. Uh, you know, but it's it's uh, always wonderful to hold that buckle, though. Uh, but w- one of the thing uh, for me was uh, I think right before mile seventy five, I start puking again. Uh, mm-hmm. So so that was uh, kind of all day and night. I was kind of holding, 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 and finally it came out. And uh, one of the things um, I noticed, uh, I was doing a lot of Coke, drinking a lot of Coke. Um, I think in the past I was, I say Coke is good, but, but it kind of kind of got counterproductive. I think I had too much sugar. I tried to eat, eat anything sugary, anything, it started coming out. So my third, fourth lap is all about just running and puking and then just running more and, uh, <laughs> oh, and, and just drinking water and just... Uh, just surviving, you know, I was not going to quit anyway, but, but uh, last year when I ran the fourth lap, I was really fast, I and mean, I was doing pretty fast speed, but this time it was not that as fast, but but definitely, um, like I said, just pushing forward, just making it through, and uh, getting to the finish line was only the goal I had, right before the cutoff, of course, uh, so, uh, but I did, did, did have plenty of time, 31 hours and 20 minutes, I got to the finish line, there was a good feeling and that I got to finish that race. And I will, well, let's talk about that after finish uh, at the end. But, but, uh, but, but definitely uh, that fourth lap was uh, just uh, pure survival. Not in sense that, uh, you know, I'm, I want to quit survival. It's just, I'm just not putting anything, nothing is sticking and I'm just have to do whatever it needs to do to finish this race kind of, kind of survival. So. So that's how it takes. That's how we get your sixth buckle. Just keep fighting, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. What about you, Mark? Uh, how 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 did it go for you? The last lap for me, you know, started uh, um, right around dusk. So you know, headed into the night, and 
Um, I think in the end it took, um, I would, I think maybe close, like five and a half, six hours, somewhere in there. Uh, mm-hmm. I think closer to six hours. And yeah, you know, going in the night, then, um, you know, it's always much different too. Um, obviously, especially when you're out there all day. And, you know, for me, that period in a hundred mile race is, uh, it's kind of like, the most uh special time you know i have in in any 100 mile race i think in my experiences um you know because when when you get to that as long as you have enough time left and um you know nothing horrific is happening to you you like no terrible injury or or you know some some crazy is going on um you have a good sense that you have plenty of time to finish and you, you have a good sense that you know if I just stick with this, I'm definitely going to finish. Yeah, to me, it kind of, you know, it makes me just really try to get the most I can out of the race. You know, I mean, obviously I'm not moving as quickly, but um, especially at night, you know, you, out there, like I said, I had no pacer or, or crew, so I was just out there alone and um, wasn't really around any other runners too too much for, I would say, the second half of the race. Um, so it was in these long stretches all by myself and yeah, I mean, to me, that's where the race almost gets, you know, kind of emotional as the, as the miles go on of, of just thinking, um, about, you know, how much can I just put out there to like leave out on the, you know, on the race, on the course. And it's, you know, it's, it's just like a battle. I feel like mile per mile because it's so easy to, you know, you're just so drained, so tired and, um, you know, taking some caffeine or more sugar or something like that, you know, at least for me, gives me a little pep for, for a brief period of time, but you know, it kind of wears off, uh, more quickly as time goes on. And yeah, you know, I just really, it's just a time for me personally to, to just kind of reflect on like, what else can I just, just leave out there and just how much pride can I have in that by the time the race is over? To me, that's been my experience of ultra running is just using it as a way of just extending myself more and more and, and seeing how much more um, I can kind of give to something um, in that moment. And um, I think that's, for, for me, where it becomes just this really special and, and unique experience. The only thing is it just lasts forever, you know? It just seems like it, it just is never ending, you know, even even if you're still moving well. I mean, just, I, I don't know, you know, like, like I said, it took six hours, but, man, it felt, yeah, for, you know, it felt for twice you, for as long. Usually, yeah, for you, a, that's a lot of time added because four hours versus six hours, you added two extra hours in a, the whole whole scenario. But, but you finished pretty well, sub sub-20, so... Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. good. And then if you come back again, maybe we'll can beat the Carl's uh, record, uh, Carl Mitzel's record, uh, maybe uh, do some course records because <laughs> it's doable. Uh, yeah, yeah, that'd be yeah. awesome. Yeah, definitely. Chris, what what was your experience? Well, the the last loop, you know, it was uh, back back in the daytime and. I'd sort of recovered, uh, you know, emotionally, I guess, um, mentally. And, uh, um, so I was in my head, I was back in the race. I was, you know, sort of made it through the night. Um, physically I was probably starting to take a little bit of a toll, but, 
I had a um, pacers for most of the the last uh, loop. Like I said, my we we had sort of a crew there that uh, they had all come to run the twenty seven except for me. And so after a good night's sleep, they came back out. Um, a couple of them and my wife paced me for several uh, sections, and another one of our friends paced me for the third section. And so I had somebody with me, which was uh, you know it's kind of kind of nice to. Um, just kind of have somebody to push me a little bit to keep me from uh, taking too many breaks, you know, because you, you, you go by a, a few benches here and again. And, uh, and the temptation, especially if I'm by myself, is like, mm, I think I'm going to sit on that bench for a few minutes. <laughs> but if I've got somebody with me, I'm like, oh, I don't want to look bad. I got to keep moving, you know, so, um, I don't want to make them fuss at me. And um, so uh, uh, we kind of made it through there. And I, I got pretty hot again on that second day and uh, I started to have um, a, a few physical symptoms. Um, I had a, I had a few hallucinations, nothing too serious. Um, just like for, you know, you see stuff a little bit and then kind of you get a little closer and there's just nothing there. And I actually didn't realize that I, somewhere in that, in that, um, that last section, I, I was just craving ice water. I'd been drinking these electrolyte drinks, but uh, I was just really, really craving ice water. And so I, I filled my, my bladder completely in my pack and drained it between like uh, the two Heaven Hill aid stations and uh, then refilled it again and wow. kept drinking it. And then I, I realized after about two and a half liters of water that I had started sweating again. And it kind of was like, oh, poo, I'd, I'd stop sweating. That wasn't good, you know. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but that's, I think that's part of being, you know, back of the pack being out there for so long. Because um, by the time uh, I crossed the finish line, it was almost sunset and it was just barely over 36 hours. And uh, so that's a long time. To that's be a long moving. time, definitely. But it was it was really beautiful. Um, I had um, at the end of the race, um, my daughter was there, my wife, our friend who had paced me, and uh, the sun was starting to set behind the cabin. I finished five minutes before the sunset officially, and um, and so we were there at the cabin, and the sun was setting behind the hill, and it was it was really surreal. It was beautiful, and. Um, like Mark said, it's an emotional moment, you know, it's, it's good. Definitely. Finishing hundred is always an emotional moment for me, regardless. Yeah. yeah I, I started hugging my family. Usually at the finish, I usually do the jump and <laughs> I just did it. I saw my daughter taking a picture. I start holding her and they were all my, both my, on my, my younger child and my wife start hugging me. We're kind of, there's a photo out there. But uh, definitely, it was emotional finish for me, and you know, like I said, every hundred. But this was something different uh, because I think one of those, one of the thing was that uh, for this one was um, I trained hard to line up. That was a thing for me. Um, but still, I had to suffer whatever I had to suffer, and because things didn't change for me uh, with with even with my training. So I need to go back and now redraw the map and see what can I do now to make it have a little bit better experience. Uh, you know, so, you know, the experience wise running 100 mile, like I said, it's always difficult. I mean, when I ran my first two, uh, was pretty interesting, you know, first three, whatever I've done, especially the first one. But, but lately it's just, you know, I'm just trying to figure out the hundred is a hundred is my distance. Can I just continue or is it time to quit and just, uh, go sell for 50 or 50 K, you know, lesser distance. I don't want to go 
you know, I want to keep trying. I think that's that's what I would say. But definitely uh, running uh, running hundred mile, uh, you know, I uh, with with the back to you know having having the GI issues and you know my stomach was really bad for a couple of days. You know, after the race, um, so so it's just it's just same thing. You know, for me, uh, so the training helped me in a certain way, but didn't help enough to get over some of the problems I'm continually having. So so I'm gonna rest for a year, not to run hundred mile anytime this year and then um kind of work through again next training cycle go back to lake morn and, and try again maybe i need to pick another race uh, i don't know but definitely it was emotional fitness uh sixth uh i'm the only one who has finished um all six lake morn all different experience awesome. but <laughs> last two has been a similar experience uh congratulations um, <laughs> thank yeah, you congrats. um but one of the things like i said i wanted to mention before I forget, I just like to thank all my butts people. You know, butts friends. They have such a great uh, friends for me to finish all the six race. Of course, Mary Jo and David Taz. Beyond that, all yeah. my butts friend. Because you know, that A station, I come back every year. I want to quit. So it's you know, it's just like <laughs> it's too hard. But this year was the 63 mile. I never had that issue. Never in the past. You know, when we 63 or 68 miles, whenever we come back, never had that issue. But this year I had that. I think it's 63. But but in the past, when I, every time I come back to Heavenly Hill in second lap, I'm just like, okay, I'm something going on. Fix me. So they usually fix me. So so definitely it has been like I said, it took a village to get me this far. I'm gonna continue. But one of the things, like I said, uh, even tonight when I was talking about pre-race, uh, just give my I gave my body chance to line up and i gave my body a chance to finish uh did finish it hasn't been great finish but but it was a finish so that was my thought at the end so so definitely having a crew and pacer has it made a difference but the the result that i was trying to produce didn't happen kind of disappointing in, in a sense uh but but at the same time I'm finished. It's back to the same thing I'm saying. <laughs> I'm finished. <laughs> I finished the race and, uh, you know, have the buckle and um, I can talk about it. I didn't die. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what what are your thoughts uh, there, guys? Um, yeah. I mean, I think for me, every, you know, like a hundred mile race, you, you can't help but think about, um, you know, what's, what went well. I didn't know it was going to go well and, and then some, you know, playing things that don't go perfectly well. And, um, you know, for me, it's kind of listening to some thoughts. Yeah. It's just, that's, I guess what I love about the hundred mile distance is, um, I, I feel like nobody, um, you know, it's just such a puzzle, you know, like it really is a experiment of one and so much to, to continually learn and, and see what works for you. And, yeah, I mean, it was it was a great great experience for me. You know, it was a, like I, I said before, like first time just doing a race like um, that distance by myself, and um, yeah, I learned I learned uh, some things there. Just you know, the experience of it, having to just really look after myself and kind of have a very clear plan, much more plan things out much more than I would for other races, and um, and even just thinking about you know coming. Um, coming out that way to to race again at some point in, in the terrain and the experience of, of that um, it was definitely part of it. Um, yeah, I was I was definitely exhausted by the end of it, and 
Um, yeah, I was totally drained. So I, I, I went and got some sleep as quickly as I could really before I, uh, was too tired to, to drive my car. So, um, I drove back to the lodge and, and uh, my plan was to get a couple hours of sleep to, to come back to start line. But I luckily ended up, well, you know, luckily and unluckily, but ended up getting much more sleep than that. So it was, <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it was, a. Uh, it was a very quick turnaround from waking up to trying to drive back to Atlanta to get my flight in time. So, did you fly um, back the same day? Yeah, I flew back on um, Sunday. Um, wow. So, yeah, yeah, it was, it was, you know, it was a whole new experience for me in that that way of just kind of quick race and and everything happening. So, did you go back to work next day? Um, no, I'm actually a teacher, so I uh -huh. had spring break that week. Okay. Um, nice. So, yeah. So, plan, you know, that was a, a big, I'll have to say that was also a big, um, you know, uh, incentive to also do this race. It was the, the week-long recovery period I, I had in front of me. So. Well, uh, well, first of all, uh, congratulations on the win. That's awesome. And, um, um, but, uh, and, you know, I'm really thankful just for the opportunity. I mean, to have become a part of the running community and, and been able to get to the point where I could be challenged to do something like this and, and let it eat at me long enough that I actually, you know, worked up to it and, and trained. And, and like you said, David and Mary Jo just doing the, the trail series uh, two years ago, just it, it really builds you up and kind of teaches you that you're capable of more than you, you think. And, uh, and then to, you know, my family and friends and all the volunteers, it was, I mean, it would obviously never happen without them. So I'm just, I'm just really grateful. And I'm, I'm with you, Simon. I'm not going to do another one this year. I promised my wife I would only do one a, a year. So uh, <laughs> I've got to wait a so, little while. So you're saying you will do another one, though? Yeah. I will attempt another one. Um, yeah. And, uh, Put it on record. <laughs> right, right, but um, it keeps keeps the training honest, right? If you know there's one looming out there in the future, <laughs> um, that's right. You know, overall, just the thought about doing a hundred. Um, I'm I'm glad that I approached it the way I did. Just, it's so different than a normal uh, race or uh, endurance event, especially at, at my pace, and um, but really at any pace. I mean. Um, the effort level is just monumental to be able to go for that long, uh, for a hundred miles. And so it's, it's so much more about, uh, your mind and just being able to purposefully, you know, do something where you're going to suffer and you know, you're going to push your boundaries and it's going to be not just a physical endurance, but a mental and emotional endurance. And it's a beautiful journey. And, uh, um, and yeah, having done it, yeah right like as soon as i sat down after the race you go through that thing where you're like oh my gosh i'm never doing that again but <laughs> but like by the time i woke up the next day i was like eh, maybe and you know now a couple <laughs> weeks after i'm like oh yeah i'm totally doing I'm that totally, again <laughs> I'm back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely the the, the evolution um but definitely guys uh it has been great 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 pleasure to talk both of you uh thanks for coming to emron's podcast giving advice giving uh, and talking about the whole race and your experience uh, before we close this interview i usually like to do words of advice there's so much words of advice we talked about in this uh 
the wisdom and, and knowledge that we have shared in this podcast. Uh, uh, just wanted, uh, before we close, kind of each of you kind of give words of advice. Uh, I would like to mark kind of, you have given a lot of advice already. Just kind of give a words of advice to some of the listener who, who wants to tackle this race or who wants to run any hundred in the future as their first hundred miler. Just kind of give a words of advice from your experience. Yeah, um, I would say just don't don't put limits on yourself when you get into this. I know it seems monumental, but there everyone's new at some point, and this was my um, eighth hundred mile race, and I still feel like I barely know what I'm doing out there sometimes. And I think just being grateful for the opportunity to have that time and have a body that moves and to be able to have that experience with such great community and people around you um, going in with that gratitude just helps helps experience be you know uplifting and, and positive one no matter um, you know no matter what the outcome is really so that's that's been my experience at least I would say just if for a, a last bit of advice for someone that's you know, hearing this and thinking about it and is make a plan for your race that fits you. You know, you, there's a lot of books and training plans, but, um, but, but whatever plan you make for a race, how you're going to approach it and train for it and prepare and do it, it needs to fit you. Like, and so, you know, Sumon, in your case, that meant bringing a sleeping bag and, and knowing that you needed to prepare for the opportunity that you might need to sleep during the race which you ended up doing twice and then you know for me it meant using all the time that there was I mean I, I know I need to go slow if I'm gonna you know endure that I've got to plan and and hydrate really well which I kind of didn't do but um you know just watch my nutrition and 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 keep my heart rate down for a long time so that I can can last and uh and so for, for you, you know, as you get to know your body, as you run and do different things, do different events, make sure you don't get sucked into like, you know, a, a one size fits all training plan that you feel kind of forced into. Make a training plan that fits you. Definitely. The training plan uh, always have to fit you, your time, uh, time invested. Uh, one of the things I always say is uh, listen to you, the both of you your experience uh, back from the from the pack pack and back the pack uh, middle of the pack and uh, my experience uh, somewhere in the middle all our experience are same uh, there's always comes a point of uh, you really want to quit or wondering what you're doing 100 miles is crazy distance if you will and, and to put yourself train through it and you line up and you're on the, at the race uh, unless it's a medical like I would say never quit kind of keep going forward because the way you learn about yourself is kind of putting through a fire and see what you can do. A lot of time we quit too, too early, too quickly, and uh, not given chance, your body chance to finish it. Uh, uh, almost happened to me at mile 63 with the help of others. Uh, sometimes it's you're, you're not thinking, you're not thinking at all. Your, your mind is just wanting to quit, but, but with the help of others, kind of help me to kind of continue this journey of running 100 because I have realized that uh, that if I quit any any 100 I may not go back again but that's not the point I have realized that you know this this kind of moment you just have to uh, you know kind of go through it 
figure out how to get out and just continue to move on and go to get to your finish line. Hold that buckle and like Chris said, find another race to run again. So <laughs> even even though it may be next year. So so yeah. definitely guys. Uh, thanks for coming to Emran's podcast and uh, being part of this and uh, looking forward to hearing about your journey in the future. All right. Thank you. Thank Hannah. you, Simone. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. Yeah, good meeting you. Take care. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Emran's podcast. Please visit emrans.com to listen to our previous podcast episodes, links to our social media channels, get race photos, get discount codes, and more.